Hi and welcome to Working Well. I'm Suzanne McCabe from Life Switch Coaching and this podcast is about helping you to thrive in your career and your life. If you want to overcome workplace stress, build your confidence and get work-life balance back in your life, then this podcast is for you. Today we're discussing how to create a healthy workplace culture and I'm lucky enough to be joined by Heather Politka, CEO at Heather P Solutions. She's a change agent, a speaker and trusted advisor. Heather, can you tell us a bit about your background and how your experience led you to supporting businesses with developing their workplace culture? Yeah, um, mine is an unusual path. Uh, I uh, was a marketer by trade and I worked in marketing for several Fortune 50 organizations. And then um, my last corporation asked me as a marketing person to come and join them, but to bring my consumer-centric lens to their people. They wanted to bring a marketing mindset to their employees and to potential talent, uh-huh. which, you know, this was back in 2008. So that was really groundbreaking. And at first it was mostly externally focused. Um, with like recruitment marketing, uh, et cetera. Okay. Um, and what was funny is in that time, recruitment marketing was a good 15 years behind consumer marketing. So I looked like a hero and was able to make a difference really quickly. Um, <laughs> but um, then it, it really evolved. We started getting into how do you create employee brand advocates? How do you have employees who Um, When they're talking over the backyard barbecue, they're saying, you know, all the positive things you'd want them to say about your company and your products and your services. Yes. And as a company, we started going through a culture evolution. And that's really when my work took me into the culture space. And I reported to the chief marketing officer and the chief talent officer as we evolved the culture, as we um, acquired over 20 different companies. As we branched out and launched new operations and company in different countries around the world. So that's really how I got into um, the culture work and realizing in my personal experience, um, in my past, I had worked at a company and I, I arrived there because a former boss had recruited me and I was super excited about working for this former boss and really uh-huh. excited about the work. And then I arrived at the company and I just looked around and it was like really talented people, but their eyes were just dead and they were kind of just showing up and just punching the clock and going okay. home. And yeah. Quickly I discovered it was a toxic work environment. Uh-huh. And, um, and I started realizing that I was coming home at night, not my best self for my husband. Okay. Um, it would take me more time to sort of leave work aside. So it was impacting me personally And that's when I got a personal experience of how workplace culture impacts us as individuals and how we get to show up to the rest of our lives. And so when I got this opportunity with this company, it said, we want you to bring your marketing experience, but apply it to our culture and our people. I jumped at it and I probably wouldn't have jumped at it had I not had my own personal experience with the toxic workplace culture. Of course. Yeah. Sometimes you need to live through something yourself. Um, to spot the problems um, yeah. and therefore see the opportunities. Um, exactly. 
Yeah, so I'm interested uh, in what would trigger an organization to ask for your help, Heather? Yeah, it's a great question. I would put it in two buckets as to why an organization would reach out. Um, most common is there's some issue. <laughs> uh, one example is maybe they're having an increase of people leaving, mm-hmm. people that they wish would stay. And so they're trying to get to the bottom of why they're having this, this turnover and challenges and retention. Um, the other might be that they're just the company is just really stagnant. No matter what they're doing, they can't really get a foothold on any sort of growth. And they know that their employees aren't like bringing great ideas to the table, maybe not bringing any ideas to the table. And it just is sort of status quo day after day after day. And so the leaders wanna get into, get to the root of that. Um, They know that the company could or should be performing better in the marketplace, but they're not really sure how or why. Okay, That's a good example of when people reach out because invariably then you'd, if that's happening, many times it's you don't have an engaged workforce. They have ideas of how things could be better, different, more productive, but they're not bringing them. And it's then you have to reflect on why aren't they bringing those ideas? Of course. Yeah. I'd also say like times of massive change. So um, I, I wish more companies reached out to me proactively during like say a merger and an acquisition. Yes. Usually it's that a merger and acquisition will start and they've realized they've got two really different cultures and they didn't think through that as well as they'd like. So I kind of get called in to help help course correct that. Um, But a few companies are very proactive about it and they know they're gonna go through maybe a period of rapid growth or they're gonna go through a merger and acquisition and they wanna be proactive about their culture. Um, and managing through that. And I'll add one more that's actually relevant to our times right now that we're seeing, and that is relating to um, redesigning work. Okay. So many realizing that during this pandemic, it's kind of highlighted um, maybe things about how work was set up before that doesn't really work, Mm -hmm. Um, but also that it's unlikely that we're going back to being in the office five days a week across all businesses, all industries. And so making that evolution to how we work is more than just processes and technology. It's also about your workplace practices, your mindset shift, um, so that's that's a trigger right now that is having a lot of companies reach out to me is to really think about how their culture supports a hybrid or remote work experience. Right. OK, so actually quite a number of different reasons that somebody might approach you for support. Yes. And, <laughs> and if an organization then let's say they ask you for help because people are leaving or their company isn't growing in the way that they hoped it would. Um, How do you highlight to them that actually the workplace culture just isn't healthy and maybe having an effect on these issues? Yeah, um, one of the first places, and this is also where my cross-functional background helps that, um, that I bring various lenses to it, the first place I always start is who does a company say they are? Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is what do they say their mission is, their vision, their values? Um, and then look at how is that actually experienced by the employees? Do the right. employees experience the, the company, the leaders in total, or maybe 
specific leaders um, walking the talk. And generally, if they don't experience it, um, if, the, if it's sort of like, well, they say they're innovative, but I'm still working on systems from like two decades ago. <laughs> uh, when there's that disconnect, that's then when um, then employees will start to disconnect from the work too. Because if you think about it, it's like any relationship you have. If you're in a relationship with somebody and they're not honoring their word and showing up as they said that they would, human nature is to go, well, then then I guess I don't really need to show up the way I said I would either. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so that's that's what happens. Is And I look at that gap. The other gap that I'll look at is, are the employees able to deliver on the talk, the promises to customers? Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's inadvertent and barriers in their way. And so we get to the root of that too, because I believe everyone wants to show up and do great work. Mm-hmm. So we want to look at why is that not happening? I will say more often, it's a gap between walking the talk, uh, what the employees are experiencing. And so then we have to highlight where those gaps are. Is it in the technology? Is it a lack of reward and recognition? Or is it that the wrong behaviors are being tolerated? Um, in the workplace. So part of it then is getting into where exactly is the company and or its leaders not walking the talk. Mm-hmm. And then that's where I bring it to the executive team so that we can look at those areas. Um, we can also have the conversation because, you know, one leader may think that how integrity looks is this way, but another leader thinks it looks that way. Yes. So we can all get on the same page of here's what here's what the expectation is. Uh-huh. Let's all lead consistently. You're going to have your own personal management styles, but you can still lead the values consistently. And so then we start to I tend to work on it on a group basis, but occasionally there might be a leader or two that are maybe more of a challenge than than some of the others. And then we narrow it down more into one-on-one conversations. Uh Um, But I always start with the leadership team because that's how companies are set up is with the team. So you want to start with team performance and then we'll drill down to where we might need individual performance. Ah, right. And I I guess you were talking about values earlier and, you know, people maybe having different views on, for example, integrity. Yeah, so then it's important, you know, I do this in in my one-to-one coaching, um, it's then important to drill down, you know, what does integrity mean to you? And and, and prioritise those and look at what's important to the person uh, about those. Um, And I'm guessing, Heather, when you work with an executive team, that sometimes you're going to meet some resistance from them. Yeah. To explore that workplace culture. And I'm interested in how the mindset of the executive team impacts the rest of the workforce? Um, I cannot overstate how much it impacts the rest of the workforce. <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually very vital and very critical. Um, you know, we were talking about the alignment of values. I always get into what are the behaviors that support those values. And I'll give an example you can have one leader who innovation looks like a Lord of the Flies kind of scenario, and another leader where innovation is about bringing in diverse 
perspectives and viewpoints and trying to come up with the best answer. Mm -hmm. So you have two leaders who think they're leading innovation, but in very different ways. And that's how you end up with unhealthy cultures. Well, on a similar scale is the idea if you've got a leader who's just really not interested in the culture work, who has a very fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. And I find it super interesting because more and more companies are talking about growth mindset for their employees. And I always want to go, well, are you first starting to make sure your leaders have a growth mindset? Yes. Um, and we're seeing that now with some return to work of leaders who are like, well, this is how I came up through my career. This is how it's done. So this is how it should be as opposed to looking at our macro environment and our world right now and, and saying, well, you know, things are changing and we're clear that the pandemic had a disproportionate impact on women. So if I want 50% of the labor force to be available to help my company grow, Uh I need to create a work environment that is going to be conducive and supportive and um, create a positive environment. I like to think about, um, I do have, unfortunately, I have a client right now and we do have one executive on the team with a very fixed mindset. And what it does is if you think of a rowing team, it's like one person on the team at best case scenario isn't rowing. Worst case scenario, they're rowing in the opposite direction. With that fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. So you can see how like the whole boat gets off slightly. The other team members have to work harder to compensate and it undermines the ability of the entire rowing team to win. And that's the best example I would give of what happens when you have a leader with a fixed mindset, unwilling to do the work and the reflection and the personal growth to help evolve and support a culture. Yeah, and COVID truly forced organizations to take a growth mindset to how their business goes forward because, you know, a lot of people have been working at home and and very suddenly went from being in the office to working at home and not all of them want to come back to the office. Some organizations are giving their their employees choices about whether they go back to the office or not. so the organization needs to be able to uh, accommodate that. Um, just to go back a minute, you were talking about leaders with a fixed mindset. And I'm thinking that maybe sometimes the leaders will have their own personal challenges that will get in the way of creating a, a growth mindset in them. Yes. Yeah. And that is very true. And there is this sort of, balance because let's face it, we all as human beings all have sometimes, um, whether it's personal issues or maybe it's our personal stories that limit us in, in reflecting and in, um, in our ability to, uh, have a growth mindset, maybe in a moment of time, maybe a period of time. Mm-hmm. So I always want to look at this with some sense of compassion. And that's actually where individual coaching can be super helpful to help a leader kind of work through that. If it's a, I mean, we've all had times in our lives where maybe we're dealing, you know, with a, um, an illness in the family or, mm-hmm. yes. um, you know, a house, you're trying to sell a house, like there's stressful events, but there's also events that 
And I think about illness because that's one of those when something's out of your control, then sometimes you want to hold on more tightly and control the things that you can. Yes. Very, very human. And so that can contribute, just like you're pointing to, to maybe a fixed mindset for a period of time. And that's then where um, uh, individual therapy but or individual coaching, depending mm-hmm. upon the scenario, can be really helpful for moving an individual leader along. Um, and that's why I always try to balance. I always start with the leadership team. Mm-hmm. And see how the team is working. But then within that, you, you know, I might identify a leader or two that needs some more individual support mm-hmm. um, so that they can you know, move along that spectrum in terms of their mindset. And I always want to encourage um, teams to have a lot of flexibility and compassion. You know, there, that is that part of when you work as a team. Sometimes uh, someone's like a step behind and you help them come along. You know, that's what teamwork is about. And that is distinct from maybe someone who really doesn't want to play on this team anymore. And that's when you have to make the tough call that maybe that leader is a better fit for a different work environment mm-hmm. than the one that's being created with, within your particular business. Yes. So it's never cut and dried. Um, and we always want to bring compassion to it and support to help all of our team members to come along. Um, And sometimes the best support is letting them go to a place that's a better fit from a values perspective than what we're creating here. And and would you do that one-to-one coaching with them, Heather? I have done some. Mm -hmm. Um, I tend to hand that off to experts like yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I tend to work a bit more with the team. And And it depends the, I will say the, what's the driver of the fixed mindset and how entrenched is the fixed mindset? Mm -hmm. If it's a pretty minor case, a temporary case, I will tend to support working through that. But if it's a bit more involved, then I hand it off to to experts like yourself. Right, okay, okay. So so you start with the leadership team, you look at the values, you look for agreement on common values, If you can't get that, you might do some work with the leaders yourself or you might hand it off to an external coach. What happens after that in terms of creating a healthy workplace culture, Heather? Once we start with the executive leadership team, then we want to do a cascade down to the middle management and give them a chance to say how they see those behaviors either that support the culture or that don't do their own reflection, make their own commitments to how they're going to show up inside of that. Mm -hmm. And then we cascade it down to all employees and for all employees to do that same work and that same reflection. The other part that I think is important though, is we lay out to each person the role they have in creating a healthy culture. Um, I do believe it's top down, but everyone has a role to play and we have some show them how to play it. I think the other thing that I focus on is how does a culture become tangible? How do you make it actionable for that employee when they're coming in tomorrow morning? How do you make it actionable for a manager who's about to go in and have a one-on-one status with one of their team members? So that's why it's so important to define it down to behaviors and actions so that everyone understands the role they play and how they get to show up in perpetuating a healthy culture. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing we do is we go from the bottom up. Um, 
I know a lot of companies, um, you know, we do reviews and reviews can be kind of a top-down affair, but it's equally important that the employees get to express on an ongoing basis where they see gaps show up, where we said we were going to behave in this way. And that's, uh, you know, I see these two leaders, you know, they're having a little bit of a turf war. That doesn't seem to be the value of a collaboration. So that we can also cascade from the bottom up to hold our leaders to account, not because we're all gonna be perfect, no one's ever gonna be perfect. Sure. But so that we have a chance to catch those moments, own them, own the, oh, you're right, I did not show up in the best way in that manner and here's my commitment going forward. And we all get to continue to evolve and grow. So I take a top-down approach. I make it very, very actionable but then we have a way to monitor and to provide feedback from a bottom-up approach going forward. And that keeps things like, regardless of if you change out leaders, you change out team members, as people enter your work environment, they get like, oh, this is how we interact. This is how we behave. This is how we prioritize work. This is how we treat one another. And this is how we also hold ourselves and others lovingly to account. Uh -huh. I'm interested in that actually talking about people coming and going so I'm thinking about the culture over time yeah presumably you're involved quite intensely early on in this process yes what happens further down the line how do you ensure or how does the organization ensure that that culture persists and that they're still living by it and it still is the right culture for their business and it's working for their business? Yeah, great question. And that's where I think that's why culture cannot just be the leadership and it can't just be words on a website. Um, and that's where when we really define it down to behaviors, and I, I always like to talk about it, what does it look like? What does it sound like? And what does it feel like? getting that tangible with it and examples of specific actions that reflect that. When you get it that tangible so that it's not this like fluffy thing um, that, oh yeah, I learned that on day one, but then you kind of set it aside. But when it's the thing that gets talked about in your one-on-ones, the things that get talked about in your team, it's when you see people promoted because they demonstrated those behaviors when you see leaders get promoted because they demonstrated those behaviors, mm -hmm. when you see bonuses handed out that way, um, when you have it that tangible down to the very front lines of the organization and you have an ongoing mechanism for feedback to also be bottom up, that's what helps it retain over time. And um, the minute you start tolerating behaviors that don't align with it is the minute you let your culture go. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's why my approach is about setting up businesses so that they can sustain their culture well after I'm, I'm out of the picture. But I think you also bring up a really, really good question of there can be times, like let's say you've had a culture, and I think a lot of companies are facing this now. They had a culture that was working fine for them, and then the pandemic hits. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, their employees are, are working from home. And I, I have heard these talking points from a number of CEOs who say, we need to be back in person for our culture. And I understand why they say that. But one of the things which you were just pointing to in your question is that 
circumstances have changed. The world has changed. Yes. Needs of, the needs and expectations of talent has changed. So maybe your culture worked fine for you before because you designed it in person and the needs and expectations were mostly in person. So a lot of companies right now need to re-examine their culture. And maybe it's not a transformation, it's not a total change, but maybe it's an evolution of their culture to say, well, now if we're gonna work in hybrid or remote, or we're gonna continue working this way, is our culture even designed for remote work and hybrid work? Mm -hmm. Have we defined our behaviors? Like what does compassion look like in email? What does innovation look like when we're working remotely? So it may require those leaders to go back sort of to square one and look at how they've defined those values that what they look like, sound like, and feel like, Mm -hmm. but with the lens of people working remotely or working hybrid, you can design your culture to be remote first and it will work in person. So that'd be a great example of now is probably a time for a lot of companies to relook at their values and their culture and how they've defined it and make sure it's going to support them for 2021 and beyond. Yes, that, that's really interesting. So it might be that they need to change their values and therefore the behaviours that result from those. Or possibly they still want to stick with those values, in which case, how do the behaviours need to change in order to still meet those values? Because the world has moved on. Yeah, because yeah. we're so, using different methods of communicating and working. Yes. And so we need to help put definition around that of, okay, well, we may be using Zoom or we may be using, you know, um, uh, chat and all these other vehicles. Let's also make sure we define what compassion and innovation and whatever your values are. Look it, when we use those channels, when we collaborate in those ways. Mm-hmm. Now, Heather, I, I didn't put this in, in the questions I sent you, but I'm interested, uh, what is the, the best part of the work that you do? The best part of the work that I do is that ultimately it's about creating a win-win for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I leave, I believe everyone wants to show up and do great work. And when provided the right environment and the environment they expect, people will show up with their greatness and their talents and their skills. So when I leave, the idea is that employees who choose to work at a place of work, they know what they're getting. I mean, they, they, they are clear among the values in the work environment before they join and they've gotten to do an honest reflection of whether it's a match for them. Mm-hmm. Then they show up and then that's exactly what they get. Yeah. Because of that, they show up and they perform and the business thrives. Oh, absolutely. That's the part I love is how it leaves employees and it leaves the business, both of them thriving. And that's the that's the part that I love that I love most. And I will say the the other thing that I'm seeing more and more and the healthiest cultures, the other two things that I would say that is impacting, which I um, am so proud to be a part of is first that diverse perspectives are valued and not just valued, but they're sought out and they're expected because that's when people really get to bring their full ideas and um, and their full selves. So I would say that's another aspect is 
looking at do we seek out diverse perspectives because that'll make us better as a company and by the way it makes us better as human beings uh-huh and then the second shift is to being people first because no matter what business you're in there is an aspect of your business that involves people and so when you create a, when you take a people first approach they feel a sense of emotional safety and they get to bring the fullest expression of their gifts and it is good business and that means things like making the um, moral and just call, not just the legal one. It means ensuring the well-being of your employees, both physically and mentally, Mm -hmm. and giving them space and time to think and to grow and to try, because as an employer, you will benefit from that. So those, I would say, like, overall, it's the impact to business and people, but in people specifically, it's valuing diverse perspectives and and seeking them out and taking a people-first approach. That sounds amazing. It sounds really rewarding work that you're doing there, Heather. Brilliant. It is. It is. So um, I am really grateful for you today for sharing your time and experience with me. And it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Tell me, where can people find out more about you and your services, Heather? Yeah, um, we have our website, Heather P. Solutions. Mm-hmm. So um, heatherpsolutions.com. You can also reach out to me on LinkedIn, um, Heather Polifka. And I know the first thought is, how does that spelled? And it's P-O-L-I-V-K-A. <laughs> so okay. then you're welcome to reach out to me on LinkedIn as well. And I'm so appreciative that you had me here today and the opportunity to talk about um, creating healthy cultures uh, and a space for you know, us as, as humans to show up and be a great contribution and make a difference. Absolutely. Oh, it's, yeah. Thank you. I just, I, I spotted you and I saw the work you were doing and I thought that's a perfect fit. I need to get Heather on. So thank (laughs) you very much again for, for taking the time to chat to me. Thank you. If you'd like to know more about what I do here at Life Switch Coaching, then you can go to my website at www.lifeswitchcoaching.com or you can email me at suzanne at lifeswitchcoaching.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-N-E at lifeswitchcoaching.com. Thanks very much for listening and take care.